Welcome to episode six. Manton, we've made it to six episodes. Excellent. If we can make it to six, we can make it to seven, <laughs> eight. That's right. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how long it goes. But uh, this is uh, the technical foul. I am Ben Thompson, uh, and I am not a basketball expert. I am just a geek, as are you. And we are geeking out about the NBA. I have to get that in. That's like the tagline. You have to introduce yourself. My name is Manton Reese, yes. And I'm a blogger, <laughs> iPhone developer, and NBA fan. And a massive Spurs fan. Yes. Our entire master plan is falling apart right now. <laughs> Either one, I mean, the, the Spurs make the finals. I'm happy for you, but I'm disappointed for myself because uh, we will both be uh, in San Francisco the, the week of WBC when game five of the finals was going to happen. And we, you know, if it, was, it wasn't the Spurs, at least it would be the Golden State. And we were going to go to the game. We both went to the game, you know, a Golden State game last year during the finals. And uh, <laughs> there may not be a game. In, there may not be a game in Oakland that week. It's looking less likely. I'm not giving up hope. I still think if any team can come back down three one, it's this Warriors team. But wow, I mean, we can get into the details of whether that could happen. But it's looking not likely. <laughs> uh, we might be watching that game. Uh, from a sports bar or something. Yeah, in a bar somewhere, <laughs> yeah. So so we, we should definitely, uh, we, we can get into the chances of the Warriors stuff going forward. But I want to, because Twitter is annoying me and our, the Slack channel where we originated this this podcast is annoying me. Like, are you ready, <laughs> Mr. Mantonries, to give Oklahoma City some credit? I'm, I'm getting there. They, you gotta, you have to give them credit. I mean, they're playing really well. They're playing really tough. They are playing to win every single game. And no one really saw this coming. I mean, you go through the whole season and you say, you know, who are the two best teams in the NBA? And it's the Golden State Warriors and the San Antonio Spurs. And yes, Thunders, they're doing well. Clippers maybe had a shot. But I don't think anyone saw Oklahoma getting past not just the Spurs, but also the Warriors. And if they can pull this off, yeah, you have to give them credit. I mean, they're fighting really hard. And it's not like, I mean, last year, you know, a lot of people said, well, Golden State got lucky and they they had it easy. They didn't have to play the Clippers. They didn't have to play the Spurs. You can't say that about Oklahoma this year. They are having to get through two really good teams. And then whoever, uh, maybe the Cavs, maybe Toronto, who knows? They're, they're not- <laughs> Which we'll get to in a Yeah, it, it, is, it, like, it is incredible how the situation has changed in, in a week. Uh, and I'm, I'm annoyed at myself because uh, I think of, like, I've been way more positive on the Thunder and their chances, not just in the run of this podcast, but throughout the entire NBA season. I, I actually, <laughs> I, I, I had it pinned to my no tech Ben account, th- th- my pick of the Warriors in six after they went down to one. And I had to remove that because that's <laughs> obviously not happening anymore. <laughs> so I replaced it with a tweet from February where I, I stated that the Thunder are the one team that can beat this Warriors team. So I see how this is. You just tweet anything and then you pin whatever actually works. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That is my modus operandi. And the problem with, so the reason I'm doing a podcast instead of blogging about the NBA is because no one actually goes back and listens to the old podcast. So I can still pretend that I'm right, even though I'm definitely not. Well, you, you didn't predict this exactly, but you definitely thought it could happen. And a lot of people didn't. I mean, you look back on people's predictions. Like I was looking at a, like a random ESPN page the other day where people picked this series. Nobody thought Oklahoma was going to beat the Warriors. And not only did no one think that the Warriors were going to lose, everyone said Warriors in five or six games. 
I don't think anyone even thought it would go to seven games. Oh, and, and, and to be totally clear, I picked the Warriors too. Yeah. Uh, and even after the first two games, when actually game one went exactly how I thought it would, and, and was in some respects, actually, it actually was worse for the Warriors than I thought it w- would be. I still, like game two, I soothed my nerves and I'm like, yeah, I'm sticking with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the Warriors won by a bunch in game two. And if you listen to the Warriors after it, they were like, yeah, we're playing our game again. We're we're back on track. We just need to win one in Oklahoma. And, you know, we'll, we'll be fine evening this up. That didn't happen at all. Right. And actually, the let up that happened was Oklahoma City arguably let up in that game. Like they'd already gotten the split and just didn't come out to play. So one, there's a few things like, and I think it's, it's easy to forget like the, like this is a OKC for one has more experience than the Warriors do in the playoffs. Yeah. Like significantly more. They've made four of the last six Western conference finals. Yeah. And the two they didn't make are the years that Westbrook was injured one year. And then last year when Durant was injured. Mm -hmm. So, so they are used to going deep in the playoffs and two, like, I think we talked about this last week. They have this history of getting better as series go along. And again, the canonical example and the one that that this series reminds me of in a lot of ways is that 2012 series against San Antonio when San Antonio had won like 27 straight games or something like that. It looked absolutely unbeatable. They won the first two. We thought it was going to be a sweep. And then the Thunder, they figured it out. And they got in San Antonio's heads, their athleticism, their length. Suddenly, those all those open threes that the Spurs get were just a fraction less open. And even if they were open, they were rushing because they were worried about you know these big guys flying out, flying, flying out them. And like that, sure feels a lot like you know what 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 might be happening right now. Yeah, I think that there's there's a lot to that, especially not being able to get those threes off and maybe being scared a little bit if the Warriors driving to the basket, knowing you've got these defenders and these tall people on Oklahoma City ready to not just block your shot potentially, but I mean, Oklahoma City is playing very tough, rough kind of physical basketball. And I think that must have an effect. Absolutely. And, and I, in, in some respects, because Golden State had it so easy almost all year, like I mean, it sounds cliche, but dealing with adversity and like not knowing what the answer is like because I mean, the, the the issue now and we'll get to some adjustments I think they can still make going forward. But the issue now is all available evidence right now is that OKC is is the better team, frankly. Yeah. And that's a position that the Warriors haven't been in 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 a few years now. Right. And the Warriors have really never faced a challenge quite like this. In fact, I looked back, you know, since Steph Curry was playing and. They've actually never won a seven games. Like when it went to seven games, they've never won. They've they've never had this kind of challenge. And even last year when they were down 2-1 to Memphis and they came back and won, it wasn't the same as this either because like those games were really close. Right. And you can imagine any of those games kind of going either way. If if the game's only decided by five or ten points, any team can take the series. But here we have game three and four. Oklahoma just completely dominating. And it's really difficult to see. I think Golden State, if anybody can do it, I think they can come back and win. But they have to change something in a significant way. They have to forget about that 73 wins. Just look at the series only. Maybe look a little bit at round two and what worked for the Spurs. (laughs) We'll get the next game only. Yeah. yeah, Forget everything else. Look at the series and figure out what you need to adjust. And also, only think about game five. Golden State, I mean, they're in a really bad position. Very few teams come back down three to one. But 
they really, if they can just win game five, things do change a little bit because all the pressure is on Oklahoma to win at home in game six. And you just need to focus on winning game five. That's all they need to do. They'll have their home crowd rooting for them. Just focus on that. And then, you know, you have a shot. So I th- I think it's interesting that you mentioned the Memphis series because I think that Kerr made a really significant mistake in the series. And it's one that I didn't pick up on because it played into a prejudice that I had against uh, a Mr. Andre Roberson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roberson, I should say. I can, I sh- I, the guy deserves to have his name pronounced for <laughs> correctly at this point so th- that was the famous like the adjustment they made after being down 2-1 was they put Andrew Bogut on Tony Allen who is a zero as an offensive player and then they basically they, they put Harrison Barnes on Zach Randolph and then they put Green on on Marcus Gasol and then basically Bogut played behind them so they just completely shut down like Memphis's Memphis's post game and their rebounding and Allen was so you know you'll give Allen a shot every single time. And in this series, they did that from the first minute of game one. They put Draymond Green on Robertson and then basically set Green as kind of a free safety floating around. And and I've been very critical of, of Andre Robertson on this podcast, on Twitter. Like, I think it's very, it's very problematic uh, to have, you know, a zero there, but what he has done. So there's a few things that he's done personally and, or that in that they've done with him, in the offense and then, and then a warrior's point as well. So first, like he has been, he has had some just fantastic cuts one and two, he's offensive rebounding like crazy. Cause no one's marking him mm-hmm. and golden state is giving up too many easy baskets in, in half court. We'll get to their transition problems in a moment, which are massive, but they're, they were giving, giving up all these gimme points to Robertson and all these offensive rebounds to, to Robertson for one. And for two, I think it ruined their whole defense. Like they, they've been playing defense a certain way for the entire year, 95, 96 games, however many it's been or, or 90, three games and the, and then they change it and like and you have guys out there thinking about what they do on defense instead of just doing what they do and reacting and against a team like Oklahoma State where they like they're they're going so fast and they're coming at you so quickly you can't be thinking out there and i and i think the evidence was pro, the the only good stretch in these two games was the beginning of the third quarter uh yesterday mm-hmm. where on offense, yes, Clay Thompson was amazing. 19 straight points. Like, and I think Kerr w- erred in taking him out, and he erred to take him out in the second quarter. But the bigger issue was they were they were getting stops, yeah. and they were stopping them consistently and forcing them to mid-range shots. And what was the difference? They were playing their normal defense. And the reason this is such a problem is that's a nice adjustment, but if you've won 73 games how do you make an adjustment before the series even starts without seeing if you need it? Like it's kind of seems like you should stick with those works. It feels like Kerr really got too clever for his own good. You mean, you mentioned rebounds, which has been a huge advantage to Oklahoma city. And in that third quarter, when clay was making his run, I mean, you mentioned on the last podcast about warriors going with their death lineup and, you know, you have Iguodala in there, but like when clay was going on his big run, Bogut was in there. And he, you know, he only played, he didn't play very much of the game, but a lot of that I think was him too, helping out on defense and being able to get even just a handful of rebounds. What, what do they do? It seems like when they're successful, they're getting rebounds, they're able to just play strong defense. And I don't know, it feels like the normal thing 
that Golden State has been doing the whole time just isn't working. Uh, no, I agree. I, I agree. The death lineup has been awful the last couple of games. And yeah. I, I, the third game, I thought it might be an aberration because they were good in game one, games one and two. Mm-hmm. But now we have like, and again, you're worried about small sample sizes, but in a seven game series, like you have to make these calls. And the death, their death lineup has been awful and it's been crushed by the, by the Thunder's, uh, you know, ultra death lineup. What I think is happening and, and is, it, it, the problem is that the Golden State in in the death lineup they want to speed up the game and they want it to be chaotic, mm-hmm. right? And then the, and then they they get all these like the ball is bouncing around and yeah, there's turnovers. But the other team's screwing up more than they are and they're getting these threes in transition, all this sort of stuff. the The problem is that OKC just given the people the given people like Westbrook. Yeah. Uh, You're talking about chaos. Westbrook is the chaos. Westbrook is the king in. of chaos. Yeah. And and what's amazing about Westbrook is Westbrook gets himself in trouble when he's going full speed. The thing, though, is Westbrook's full speed is like 120 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And so if Westbrook is under control, then he's he's incredible. But the problem is him under control is still like 100 miles an hour, yeah. right? It's fat. He, Westbrook under control is still faster than pretty much anybody in the league. And so the problem is the, the Warriors' mentality behind their death lineup plays into Oklahoma City's hands. And this was this is by far the most unexpected thing in the series is this. But we have, I think, we have enough evidence that they actually need to stay away from the death lineup. And you were exactly right. I think what the Warriors need to do is they need to make it to a half court game. Yeah. Slow down. Exactly. They've been better. Like Oklahoma, they've been better in transition, but it's like a comparative advantage thing. Like if it turns out that Oklahoma city is awesome in transition, I, I think like the Warriors half court game is still better than OKC's half court game. Mm-hmm. And they need to make this an old school play, like ironically for all the comparisons of the nineties, they need to make it to a nineties style half court, walk the ball at the floor, run their offense. The thing with the spurt with, with the thunder is they like, we still haven't, they still haven't proven that they won't fall apart. If you run them through tons and tons of screens and, and, yeah. and offense, move the ball a lot and just play smart and use 20, plus seconds of the shot clock. No, totally. And they're shooting all these early shots, which normally, like, that's what they've done all year. I get that. But they are capable of running a half-court offense, I think, more than OKC is. Mm -hmm. And I think the key for them is actually abandoning the death lineup, play Azealia and and, and Bogut a lot, and and muck it up. And especially because, I mean, Green, the last two games... You know he's he's not been great, <laughs> but especially re- they count on him for rebounds when they win. And if he's not getting rebounds, somebody else has to. Right? It's got to be Bogut. It's got to be Zeli. It's got to be Vergeau. It's got to so this. They have got to play enough players that can get those rebounds and at least stop Oklahoma City from getting so many offensive rebounds. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And the other thing with Green is, and Green's actually always traditionally played not that well against OKC. Like, the reason Green slipped to the second round is because he was, he, he's small, like, for for his position. He's kind of a tweener, not sure where he goes. And he's overcome that with his effort and heart and all those sorts of, like, intangible sort of things. Right. But at the end of the day, like Oklahoma city is a team of thoroughbreds, like every single player on the court, including Robertson uh, and, and, and Steven Adams, not to mention, you know, Abaka and Westbrook and Durant are super long, super bouncy, like super athletic. I mean, Durant, Durant's that play where Durant 
defended Green on the post-up, got in the air. Green wrapped on the pass to Livingston for the dunk, and Durant went up again and blocked the dunk. Was unbelievable. Like, there's like... I, I, I haven't seen a block that good in a very, very long time. And they're not as athletic a team as OKC. And and that, again, they got to muck it up. They can't get into a track meet. Yeah. And I almost think Green, I mean, there's a lot made of his foul on Adams in game three. And it's like everybody was talking about that, whether he'd be suspended. I don't know if that affected his play, but I almost think he needs to go into game five saying, I don't care if I foul out. I don't care if I get a flagrant. Uh, I don't care if I'm suspended for whatever. I mean, they need to get back to playing like who he is uh, because they they can't keep getting out-hustled by Oklahoma City. They have to play tougher. And like you said, smarter too. Slow it down, get in the half court, pass the ball a lot. You know, it's, that's still who they are. That's that's part of the Golden State's uh, team as well, playing that way. I think so. And it, I mean, but again, we're falling into the trap of talking about like Golden State or, or San Antonio or whoever. Like, okay, like OKC deserves deserves so much credit. I mean, yeah. their defense has been their defense has been has been great, uh, especially Kevin Durant. I mean, his defense the last couple of games has been a revelation because I mean, he's playing at the four. And he's rim protecting like an elite center. You know, like if 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 that's your small lineup and he's doing that, like that's that's incredible on on the defensive end. Yeah, I, I keep coming back to Oklahoma City is playing significantly better than I've seen them play all year. I mean, they had a good season, but like not like this. They're playing very well, and also they have a mentality of like. I think after a game, I don't know, it was three or four, uh, Westbrook was saying, like, I play every game like it's my last game. I'm just, I'm going in there and I'm playing my heart out and. You can see that every single one of these games. And yep. by comparison... And you saw it a lot last night. Yeah, Golden State, you, they were getting out-hustled a lot. Yep, that's not going to work. And I mean, it'll feel a little better when they go back home. And I, I think they have a shot at winning Game 5. And again, that'll put the pressure on Oklahoma City to definitely, they have to win at home in Game 6. But they have to play harder, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think the Warriors probably should have a 60% chance of Sixty percent chance of winning Game Five. Mm-hmm. I'm tempted to put it more like fifty fifty, just because it's not clear they have any answers right now. <laughs> uh, but so say you put them at like sixty percent uh, for for Game Five, twenty percent for Game Six, and then eighty percent for Game Seven. Home teams almost always win Game Seven, and if they get to Game Seven, they've clearly figured something out mm-hmm. because they've already won two in a row, so they're probably going to do well. That puts them at like. 10 or 11% for the series. I mean, probability, like the more games you have to win, like the probabilities just start to really work against you. And I think that's probably about right. Like it's not inconceivable, but it it's probably smaller than maybe even most Warriors fans have fully internalized. Right. That's it, still, even when I said like you, you win game five and put the pressure on Oklahoma city. Yeah. It's, this is still Oklahoma city's to lose at this point. Yeah. Like I said, the Warriors have never really been challenged like this. They've never had to fight back like this make it a game seven and, you know, win three in a row like this after just being completely outplayed for a couple of games. Yeah. It's shocking. I'm still, stu- I'm really still stunned <laughs> at this. Cause I was, you know, I was so bummed out about the Spurs loss and like the, the things you I was looking forward OKC to OKC were like seeing OKC the Warriors in Oakland and watching Oklahoma city get swept. That is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> nope. So the one adjustment I did want to call out, because I, I actually noticed this right at the beginning of game three, is, uh, I mean, Billy Donovan has been incredible. Uh, the way adjustments he's made. I mean, just in general, like the way he, he like he used the Cantor-Adams lineup to beat the Spurs, 
and he's not even playing Cantor practically in this series. Like, hmm. which is correct, I think, but it's it's impressive that he's he's kind of moving directions so quickly and decisively. But what 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 they did is basically they would run or pick and roll with Russ, but the screener would be Robertson. And what that was doing was they were surrounding the three-point line with, with Durant, Abaca, and Waiters, all of whom are good three-point shooters. And Waiters has continued to play excellently. But you're putting Robertson in a position where Robertson is just diving to the rim and he's drawing attention because, or he's not drawing attention because he's Robertson. So he's getting all these layups off of pick and rolls. And so eventually he is drawing attention, but like th- that role guy in a pick and roll, you can put a non-shooter there as long as he can dive to the rim effectively. That's allowed them to get away with Robertson in that small lineup, the surrounding with shooters. And like that's, they that small lineup has outscored the Warriors something like ninety to twenty three or something Yikes. like that. They just absolutely crushed them. On the flip side, on defense, you you have you have Robertson on the floor for defense. Waiters, I think, is is has gotten to be a pretty good defender. And then if Durant's protecting the rim like this, and you have Durant either Durant or Ibaka at the rim, I mean, it's like what the Warriors do, but better. What made the Warriors small lineup so effective was that they were so good on defense. Because yeah. usually, if you go small, your defense you're giving up defense. And yeah, I think that the yeah the war like it's the Warriors are facing what they inflict on other teams. Hmm. Like they got to figure out a way to get the Thunder out of that small lineup, which is incredible because this small lineup didn't do anything all year. But it's it's yeah. this Robertson as the role guy has really unlocked the entire offense. It's surprising. And so on defense too, talking about Steph Curry, he has his hands full guarding Westbrook and just having to play everything on defense. He's you know he says he's not hurt. Kerr says he's not hurt you know, still, but like, he's not playing at his best. And then I feel like he's not able to really do enough on defense and then he's tired. And then, you know, he goes out and just can't play his best offense. And he has to cover Westbrook. If they do this, not cover Robertson thing. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason to get away from that. Yeah. Let Curry guard Robertson and then just play, put, put Thompson on, on Westbrook. Although like you, I almost wonder if they have to feature Thompson, like Curry's clearly not healthy. Like, and the, and the re you can see it every time he gets a big guy switched on him during the regular season, that was guaranteed buckets, yeah. whether it's a step back three or is going to the yeah. basket. Slip he's him. rarely scoring at this point. Well, and he's with, also with missing like, when he does get by somebody to the basket, he's missing a lot of layups, which I don't know what yeah. that's about. He has no explosion. It was just no explosion. Right. He, I mean, yeah. and yeah, I think there's no question. He's hurt. And, and like, that's, that's honestly why we talked all these adjustments. We talk about hustle. We talk about all these sorts of things. I genuinely believe that the margin between Golden State and Oklahoma City was very small in the regular season. And that's why I said, like, I thought Oklahoma City was the one team that could beat them. Mm-hmm. If Curry's not 100, Curry was the margin. Yeah. Like, Curry is why they beat them. Including and that. If he's, I mean, that half-court shot in the regular season, right. I mean, that, that kind of, like, just sums up the fact, the difference maker he is. That was a game that thun- the Thunder out-rebounded them by 30. The Thunder were up at the end. Remember, they turned that ball over. Uh, at the, like, they, they should have won that game. Right. And that was the game that I tweeted that like this is like the this is the team that can beat them for sure. And yeah, if he's hurt, like he's the difference. Um, they I do think they'll do better in Game Five. Did you see that video floating around about him being held? Yeah, and running around screens like that. Like that's that's probably gonna get whistled at Oracle. So yeah, but a couple things need to happen. One, maybe they'll get some more of those calls. But I think also they, they need to play a little tougher from the very first second of Game Five and. 
I don't know, kind of challenge the refs to, to call it. They need to match at least the intensity that Oklahoma City has had. Yeah. And hopefully some of the calls will go Golden State's way. So kind of famously in the finals last year, Kerr made adjustments, changed the starters. Do you think he needs to kind of throw everything out? Like, what do you think he's going to start with in game five? Do you think he's going to say, well, we're back at home. We just got to stick to our game plan. Or do you think he'll make significant changes like right from the first jump? Well, again, I think this gets to the key mistake he made this series was he made a big adjustment in game one, which was going with this kind of junk defense. And like the one we have one sample point of the Warriors playing their normal lineup straight up. And it was their best quarter since game two. And that was the third quarter last night. Like, so I think the temptation and the pressure will be like, start the death lineup or do something like that. I'm, I'm a little scared of starting the death lineup at this point for one. Mm -hmm. And for two, like, I'd like to know if the regular lineup works and it's, I think it's a real coaching error that we're in game five and we're not sure if the Warriors normal lineup works or not. Like you should force the You should force the supposedly inferior team to make the first adjustment. And I don't know why Kerr made the adjustment first. Again, I think he almost outthought himself on this, Mm -hmm. but it's a real problem that we're in game five and there's like important information about what the Warriors should do that is unavailable, except for this, this one game three, like this game four, third quarter sample. Yeah. All the pressure is on golden state. I just did not see this coming. It's I'm going to enjoy watching game five and, Last so I was thinking about teams that have come back down three one, and it's really not a lot of them. Nope. But last year the Rockets did it against the Clippers, right? They were down three one. Oh, that was unbelievable, yeah. And it was kind of similar in that the Clippers also won game three and four by a whole bunch, you know, like over twenty points. And but the main difference is, I feel like the Clippers got kind of complacent, and they're like, "Oh, we're better," and you know, whatever. Oklahoma City is not going to do that. Right. They I really feel like they are fighting every single game. They're not going to relax. They're not going to say no big deal. We can win game six. So I don't know. It's going to be really tough for the Warriors. I ah, no idea. Yeah, I think that. So here, here's here's the challenge for the Warriors. I think they'll probably win game five mm-hmm. uh, and then get blown out in game six is makes the most sense. The The issue is that. I think that the chances of the Thunder winning game five are more than the chances of the Warriors winning game six, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It is, I, I need evidence that the Warriors can <laughs> handle this Thunder's team. Even, yes, they, what, the Thunder were at home and and they started out strong and the Warriors were playing this junk defense. It's like, I mean, it doesn't make a political analogy, but it's like Donald Trump, right? <laughs> at some point, you have to believe the polls. The guy led the polls wire to wire. Right. And everyone came up with reasons why they weren't like why he wasn't going to win. Like at some point, like we might have just believed the fact that OKC is is a is better. Curry's not himself. And even if Curry was himself, OKC playing like this might still be better. Yeah. So when you're talking about getting to game five and you still don't know what lineup works, they in the fourth quarter, especially in game three, Oklahoma City, they were way ahead. The game was over. And of course, you know, Golden State rests Curry, Clay, and everybody puts the rest of their bench in. Do you feel like some of that is squandered time? Like, I understand you can't win the game, but like, could you learn anything by trying something else when you're down 30 points in the fourth quarter? Just to just to learn something from it so that you can go to game four and game five. I, I don't know. I feel like they wasted 
a lot of valuable minutes where they could be trying something. That, that's an interesting point. And I mean, normally I would say probably the rest is more important because what are you going to learn at the end of the game? Yeah. But then I remember, I remember game three of the finals last year where they got blown out by Cleveland in the first half. And then they put David Lee in uh, and, and they kind of figured out this pick and roll action that started really slicing Cleveland apart. Mm-hmm. And they, it was, they didn't, it wasn't until the fourth quarter. Uh, and I remember I was watching it in like this massive, like outdoor bar, like mountain view. And it was really hard to see the screen. Uh, and, and everyone was depressed because the Warriors were getting crushed, but they really sliced it apart in the fourth quarter. And, and that was like the key to them basically blowing Cleveland out for the next three games. Like mm-hmm. the, people forget like those games weren't close really at all. Mm-hmm. And you're right. That happened in garbage time. And the other thing that thinking about that reminds me, like Draymond Green was really bad in the first three games of the finals last year. And David Lee really came in and settled them down and kind of gave Green a template for how to attack that Cleveland defense. And Green has got to figure that out on his own here because, I mean, he's been I mean, he's been a disaster. Not good. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this. Go. Uh. Uh, OKC winning would definitely, well, shocking would, you know, you would surprise me less than Toronto beating Cleveland, <laughs> but yeah. it is, it is, it is two, two. And, and the last game was, a, was a fantastic game. It's like the, I feel like it's, it's finally the great game we've had out of the Eastern conference, this playoffs. Uh, what, what do you think? Yeah, th- this is fun. I'm like, I've, I've said throughout the show, I really like Toronto. I didn't expect they would be super competitive, but somehow they found a way to be, you know? I mean, the first couple rounds went to seven games, but they found a way despite bad shooting and bad playing and just problems. They found a way to win these games. And so I love that. Yeah, last week we were counting them out. I think it was 2-0 and Cleveland had won 10 straight playoff games. And we were basically saying, that looks like a rematch. <laughs> Cavs versus Warriors. Yep. And everything has changed uh, just immediately. But I, I like the way Toronto is playing. I like, uh, yeah, I mentioned I'm always rooting for Corey Joseph because he's the last part of the Spurs team from last year that is still, <laughs> yeah. still around. But he's actually playing really smart basketball. And he's in there with Lowry sometimes. And even when he's not shooting well, I like to root for him. And he'll do, I mean, he'll, you know, he'll airbar. Like I know in game, I think it was game two, he airballed a three, but then he comes back and makes another one and he made a buzzer beater in in game three or four. And I like watching him play and I like, I mean, Lowry has stepped up, played good games, DeRozan been playing great. Game four was really fun to watch. I have to admit, Drozen has been good. I think this series, and this might this might apply to the Golden State OKC series, and it's kind of the hope for Golden State. Uh, this series has been all about reversion to the mean. And it's been reversion to the mean in two respects. One, Cleveland has cooled off yeah. from their insane shooting. And two, like DeRozan and Lowry, especially Lowry, has gotten back to like the Lowry of the regular season. Yeah. And that's it's it's funny, like because I just mentioned before, like series are short, so even though it's a small sample size, you get really wrapped up in the game to game thing. But it, this is still a a sport that is subject to high a high degree of of variance, and you know guys will go through shooting slumps. It happens in the regular season; we don't think about it, but it's so magnified in the playoffs. And frankly, Cleveland is just like they talk about Cleveland shooting poorly last game they shot 33% like from 3 hmm. like that's slightly below average but it's not that it's it's a point per possession it's not really that bad 
I mean, just that they were shooting 50% for so many games in a row, it kind of felt like it was going to go on forever. And right. that's definitely gr- ground to a halt. Right. It balances out. And I know we said a handful of episodes with Lowry shooting bad. And then there's that one game where, like, after they lost, he went back to the court and it was at midnight, you know, he's practicing and, and working on a shot. But you feel like maybe he's had such, such uh, some bad game. They managed to win the series, but he's been shooting badly. But this stuff evens out. I mean, I could see him playing another few games and not getting in a slump again. Yeah. I could see him playing at his best. And, and also, you know, they've never been this far in the playoffs, right? And so there's some kind of pressure and just nerves and stuff, I assume. And maybe they're over that. They've played more games than anybody else, I think, that has gotten to this point. Maybe they're past that a little bit. That's that's a great point. I mean, because you, yeah, you just get you get experience in in these in these big games, and like we've said it from the beginning, like Cleveland has a problem with point guards. Like that's a big re, and they're frankly Cleveland's defense isn't good. It, it it it's it hasn't been that good all playoffs. Just their offense has been just incredible. And man, I'll tell you, like I mean, Kyrie Irving for as incredible a shot maker as he is, like I he. Cleveland came back in that fourth quarter. They were crushing them, running running that dribble handoff play time and time again. And the run stopped the moment Kyrie came back on the floor. Hmm. And and it stopped because on offense, like the the they scored, I think, eleven straight times. And then the next time where where Del Del Dove had been doing the dribble handoff, Kyrie like cut it off. And like, because he didn't make a hard cut against the screen, and then it fell apart, and they got a bad shot, and, and they they actually really struggled to score after that, except for Kyrie went on ones, ironically enough. Mm-hmm. But then their their defense fell apart. Like Lowry and Joseph, whoever had Kyrie on them, were just going to the basket at will. Yeah, I know offense is like I, I I'm not one of those like defense like like there there are players. There are certain players that it's okay that they rest on defense to a degree because they carry such load on offense and like the ability to create a shot from nothing is a valuable skill in the NBA that that is underrated. And some people are inefficient, get bad raps because like you need to be able to create because the 24 seconds clock is so short. You have to be able to create shots, but Kyrie, they have other people on offense and he's such a disaster on defense. Like, I, I don't know I thought he was. I thought he like lost them that 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 fourth quarter. Hmm. Yeah, this has been a really fun series to watch just with the last couple of games, and I've been impressed with DeRozan. I haven't really seen him much this year. I've been impressed. Also, like I didn't realize how much like his mid range game was kind of impressive. Like he doesn't shoot threes, which is kind of for a shooting guard. Like you, you're used to Clay Thompson and Danny Green and you know CJ on the Blazers. Like if I think about guards in the, these playoffs, like threes are a big part of that position. He does not shoot them. He, he, you know, he goes to the basket or has these nice mid-range shots. And they've, for mid-range, they've played really well. And it's not glamorous and it's not like super exciting to watch. But I, I don't know. I appreciate that. I think that they've played that part of the game really well, especially uh, in, I think, game three and four. Yeah, I mean that's that's why I, I that's why I tend to not like him because he I mean, he's not very efficient. Well, I mean he takes these really contested shots, right? And the the biggest value he has is what I just talked about. Like there is value in being able to consistently be able to create your own shot. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know the way I like he kind of feels like Kobe Bryant without the same level of skill. <laughs> and, and but that said. That said, he's been fantastic the last two games. Yeah. Another guy that I've been that I've dumped on a bit and deserves 
full credit, if he and Lowry are both shooting 50% as they both have been, and they're like, that's a hard team to beat for sure. Mm-hmm. And oh, and we haven't talked about Bismack Biombo yet. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 20 plus, what is it, 26 rebounds he had in game three? It does help when the, the Cavs missed a lot of shots that game. So there was a lot of opportunity. But I mean, his energy and, and, yeah, just his energy was yeah. The, the big problem of the Cavs is Tristan Thompson doesn't do much on offense except for offensive rebound, and that's the value he brings. But if he's getting destroyed by Biombo, like you, you almost can't have him on the floor. And so they pull him off the floor. They put Fry on. Fry was amazing, mm-hmm. but the problem is once Fry's on the floor, you have no rim protection at all. I mean, LeBron James could, but he kind of doesn't do that anymore. Like he could pull a Durant, and and. Uh, like they have a, they had a little bit of a conundrum at center last game just because Biombo destroyed Thompson so badly, and I, it's again reversion to the mean. It's hard. It's hard to imagine him keeping that up, but but yeah, that was a huge factor in both games. Yeah, but maybe he does. I mean, I love the story of someone who who basically gets a shot because you know someone Valanciunas is out. You know he was playing well, but Biombo gets chance to have a lot of minutes and. He just, I don't know, he comes up great. I think it's, I think it's fun. And I, I could see him playing well the next couple of games. He's gotten really big offensive rebounds too. Just end of the game. Fans are happy for him. Yeah. What do you think? So you mentioned LeBron and in game four, he played like practically the whole game. I think he played yeah, 46. Did, yeah. He played the whole second half and he was shooting really well, but it kind of like wasn't enough. And a lot of times LeBron, like he'll take over a game and it will be enough. Like just him, he'll kind of will the win wasn't enough. Like, do you, what do you see anything he's doing wrong could change or he just needs to play again? And now I think, I think he got tired. I think they screwed up. Yeah. Like they, you, you got to sit him down. I know he's not going to ask to sit down. And I think like, um, he, he needed to sit, he got tired at the end, I think, I mean, because when they scored those 11 straight points, the ball was going through LeBron every single time on these dribble handoffs. Mm-hmm. And like, what I, I mean, I, LeBron has been really the first two games, especially, but including these two games, he's been great because what he's again, go back to the pick and roll. He's being the role guy in the pick and roll. And so you're, you're running a pick and roll and LeBron James is the role guy. Like that's like what Draymond Green does when Golden State's at their best. And LeBron James is like the richest man's Draymond Green ever, right? <laughs> I mean, he, Green has great vision, and, and he's gotten better at finishing. James has incomparable vision, and his passing and the ability to finish has been incredible. And you get him going downhill in these pick and rolls or off these dribbles handoffs, and like that, you saw that in the fourth quarter, there was all the dribble handoff play, but he was just picking guys out all over the court, all over the floor, every single position of the floor. And I mean. And, and, I think that is ultimately Toronto's not going to be able to stop that mm-hmm. consistently. And, you know, if Drozen or Lowry is going to get going to cool down and, you know, I, I don't know that beyond I definitely think Cleveland is still the definite favorites. I'm yeah. delighted that Toronto's made it competitive, but, uh, but I mean, James is great. And I think people demanding he score a bunch more are missing the point. I mean, like this, this Cleveland team is different than last year's team. This team is filled with offensive players that, thrive off of James getting them open shots. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to miss their shots, like they're going to miss their shots, that's the team they've built. And I, I think James has been very good. Yeah. And you still see that. I mean, even when they lost some of these games, you see, you know, LeBron commanding a double team, get somebody open that can cut to the basket. I mean, that 
it works. Like they, I, I think you're right. I don't think they need to really change anything. LeBron doesn't really need to take over a, a game like he has in the past. And I think he seems content to play better kind of team basketball. He needs to play. He needs to rest a little more though, definitely. Cause like, especially like in that second half, you know, he's like switching on every screen. It's like almost at one point he was like, I'm going to go after everybody that has the ball. Yeah. You know, I guess that can work if you're rested and at full strength, but if you've just played 40 straight minutes, I don't know if you can go after every single person that has the ball. Yeah. They got to sit him more. I think I'll tell you who's the one player the Cavs could use. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, too late for that. <laughs> no, uh, how much better would they be if they had Andrew Wiggins instead of Kevin Love? Oh my gosh, not really doing anything out there. So Love, yeah, I mean, he was looking so good in the first couple rounds of the playoffs. He was, but but Love is like a slightly better Channing Fry, although Fry's been shooting better than Love has, right? At least the way Cleveland uses him, because they're not using him to his full potential, and like. Cleveland could use that uh, what just one more wing guy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, DeRozan's a little big for J.R. Smith, and so he's overpowering him, and they could have that one more wing out there. Like, I mean, it, it just just saying, just saying. <laughs> yeah, can always look back. So we shouldn't have traded that person. We should have signed this person. Yeah, you got to play with who you have. Yep, got to play with who you have. And they do have a great team. You're right. I mean, they're still the favorites. It's it's fun that this is a series. But they still have home court advantage. They, I mean, this still you assume the Cavs are still gonna make it to the finals. You do, and and I think though that this reiterates that they're gonna be huge underdogs in the finals, like yeah. whether it's the Warriors or OKC. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I mean, OKC was the number two offense in the league behind the Warriors. Like we're talking two explosive offenses with dominant point guards. That you know. I mean, Lowry, if, if Lowry is doing, Lowry's had, had a great year. He's been a great player. If he's doing this to Cleveland with not nearly the supporting cast around him that, that either Westbrook or Curry will have, like I, I, it's hard to see, you know, unless Cleveland just shoots the lights out and wins like 140 to 130. It, it's, yeah. Um, so you're thinking at this point, if you had to call it, you would say Oklahoma City will actually get a championship. Uh, you're right. I didn't really think about it, but yeah, I think that's the most likely outcome is Oklahoma City winning the championship. That's crazy. I mean, like when we, like just a few weeks ago, we were talking and I think I said they had their shot, you know, a few years ago and they had Harden and like that was their best chance and they may not be able, you know, who knows after this was before they even beat the Spurs and you know, who knows if Durant even sticks around, maybe he signs one more year, maybe he doesn't, maybe the team falls apart and goes their separate ways. And now everything looks completely different. Like they have a real shot at this. It's unbelievable. I mean, we we mentioned we've, we've only had six episodes, but I think we've we've had to do like one eighty. Yeah, on every single stuff. week. <laughs> and no, and that that is a huge one. I mean, yeah, it, there was an article by Lee Jenkins in Sports Illustrated about Durant this week, and it sounds like I mean he's not going anywhere. It sounds like, and and nor should he. No. The, the one thing to remember is, uh, I th- I. Th- think that every OKC starter is younger than his Golden State counterpart. Like OKC really? is younger than than Golden State, huh. despite the fact they have more experience, arguably. Wow, I don't think about it that way. Yeah, both Durant and Westbrook are younger than Curry. I, I definitely agree. Even if Golden State comes back and wins, Durant is staying. But does he stay just one year with an option to go somewhere he, he else? Does, he does just for the – I think he does just, just for just for financial yeah. reasons. No, no, just for the financial reasons. Well, one, it's it's insurance – in that if something goes wrong, but two, 
just the salary cap is jumping up again. And like, I think, mm-hmm. oh, the other thing is because he'll be a 10-year player the following year. I think 10-year players can take 35% of the cap, whereas six to nine is like 25% of the cap. Okay. So his earnings potential is massively greater uh, in, in a year. I so I, I presume that's what he'll do. Another year, I mean, they they look, they really, they really look good. Another year with these guys, I mean, a healthy, that's the, that's the question. Like you pointed out, they have to be healthy. You know, yeah, and you know, like as much as you want to bag on like the Harden trade, uh, one, it's not clear how Harden would fit on this team. Mm-hmm. Two, they got Stephen Adams in that trade, uh, or at least the pick that led to Stephen Adams. Yeah, and and three, like at the end of the day, th- like they have very every year they haven't made the finals since then. They have a very good excuse. Like the next year, Westbrook got hurt. The year in round one, uh, the following year. They were playing the Spurs and it was a great Western Conference Finals, but but Ibaka was hurt. Mm-hmm. And remember, Ibaka missed the first two games that they lost. Then Ibaka came back and they won either two or three games. Then Ibaka got hurt again, and then, and then the Spurs closed it out. And that was that great Spurs team. Yeah, uh, and that 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 blew out Miami, I think. And then last year, Durant was out. So like yeah. the history of this team being healthy is 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 pretty incredible. And I still think that. They should have more wing guys, but I mean, Dion Waiters has been good. Robertson has has uh, made me look stupid, <laughs> and, and I mean, you got to give credit where yeah. credit's due. Well, and that's it. Just points to the regular season versus the playoffs too. I think uh, we are blinded by the regular season in a lot of ways this year. Like we thought we knew where everyone stood, and it's just really different. Like you really have to just shut out everything else that happened in those yeah, seventy-two it's, games. It's so it's so games. matchup dependent when you do the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, we got two interesting series. I could be all over when we record next time. Yeah. So, what's your picks? You, 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 so we have to get more specific because we have fewer picks. So you have to pick the winner and in how many games. So I'm gonna see. Do, do I pick what I think is gonna happen? What I hope is gonna happen? Your call. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Cavs in seven just just to be fun with it because somehow the Raptors have found a way to get all these games to go to the seventh game. I don't know how they could possibly win in Cleveland game seven, but I'm just going to throw that out there. I think it's, I think it's possible. This is going to be very difficult, but I like their chances of being competitive the next couple of games. Oklahoma city. Uh, I guess Oklahoma city in six is the most obvious thing. Yeah. Golden state comes back and wins five, but they can't, they can't win in Oklahoma city. I'm going to pick Oklahoma city in five. Okay. Just because like, I'm probably going to be wrong, but like I've been on the edge of picking Oklahoma City so yeah. many times this year. You've wanted to, but it just sounded insane to do that. Right. I wanted to against the Spurs. And I think I might have. I can't remember. I think I did, but it, I, I kind of caveated it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I think they're going to win. But, but you know, they probably, the chances are. Uh, so I kind of got that right. I wanted to do it against the Warriors. I want to do them after games one and two. So I'm just going to do it, which means I'll probably get it wrong. Uh, so I'm gonna say go. I'm gonna say OKC in five, and uh, I'm gonna say Cavs in. I'll do Cavs in six. I th- I think they're the better team. Yeah. Um, but I, I, seven would not seven would not surprise me at all. I mean, Toronto was really impressive both games. Yeah, without a doubt. Six in both series seems the most realistic. But yeah, you could totally be right. This might this maybe this is the end of Golden State for this year. Oh, uh, isn't that incredible? I mean, it. Like, like about a ten percent chance, if they pull it off, it will be legendary. Uh, but 
And that's the thing. Like you have to give credit to OKC because if it was Golden State beating themselves, you could say, look, there's stuff they can fix. But the fact of the matter is OKC is kicking the crap out yeah. of them. And in in every aspect of the yeah, game. Literally. And, and they're making they're making Golden State look helpless. They really look bad. They look like a really bad team. They don't look like a team that has won so many games this year. Yep. And Curry just he can't I don't even I haven't looked at the stats super closely, but I feel like he's not even getting shots off. He, yeah, he's gotten his three blocked a few times. That happened twice all year. Right. I remember Danny Green blocked one of his threes in yep. the game the Spurs won. I was like, yes, they figured out a way to cover him. And I don't know if everybody else kind of figured it out. Danny, Danny Green and Rudy Gobert were the only two players to block a Kerr three all year. Yeah. And he took like what? He took 600, 800 threes, 700 threes. Uh, he's had two blocked this series by Steven Adams. Yeah, he's just, they're really. They're, There's no explosion. Yeah, he's not able to get, he's not able to get a shot off. And he's got to play significantly better. I mean, we talked a lot about rebounds. We talked a lot about defense, but like they cannot win if Curry yep. doesn't even shoot the number of shots he needs. Even if he's only shooting, you know, 30% or 35% or something, he, he needs to be able to put more shots up. He's not even getting them off. And I, I assume that some of the ones that he's shooting are super contested. And it's not just, it's in the, the key, the reason why he's so important is when he's cooking, like that just opens the floor up for all the other players yeah. because everyone's so worried about Curry right now. OKC's not worried about Curry, right? That's totally true. They're switching out and they'll let Adams be out against him. They'll let Durant be out against him. And, and like Curry has to score, Curry has to score like 70% of the time on those. And he's scoring like 20% of the time mm-hmm. on, those, on those isolations. And, and so why, 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 why bother? Just stick to everyone else and let Curry Miss badly. Yeah, he needs to. He needs to get open better. He needs to take good, take more shots, and he needs to get a little lucky with calls too. We mentioned this earlier, but like, I mean, not saying he should like flop all the time, <laughs> which is kind of like I, mean, I was thinking of the series, and especially we didn't mention the got to bring up technical fouls because the the, oh, the podcast right the kick, and there was that thing in Cavs Raptors game three where LeBron got hit by his own player and kind of flops, you know, backwards <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. And I'm not saying Curry should do that, but like he's got to show the refs that he is being grabbed and pushed yeah, yeah. and fouled on the three point line. Yep. Well, I'm just running through screens. I mean, he, he's getting held every single time, mm-hmm. and that's going to happen in the playoffs more. But yeah, I, I would expect a campaign by Golden State over the next 48 hours to make sure the refs are very aware that this is happening, and and especially in Oracle, I think they'll, they'll probably get more calls. Got to get more rebounds. Got to get more calls. Should Draymond Green have been suspended? I don't think so. This We should touch on this a little bit because I know you have strong opinions on this. I'm not exactly sure what I they are, no, but I, I know I, they're I, strong. I, I, my, my two cents on this <laughs> at the beginning is that he didn't mean – it looked much worse. He didn't mean to do that, but he absolutely did mean to kick his leg up to sell the foul. Uh, but the problem is that he did not have the ball when he did that. Like he had lost the ball – like at least right. a half a second before he kicks his his leg up. So I don't think he me- meant to hurt Adams, but he absolutely did mean to flop and like sell the foul, like in an, just an overblown way. Yeah, I, I actually I don't have a strong opinion. Okay. I wouldn't have been upset either way. I think it was right. I agree. Like I don't think he meant. It was one of those plays where in slow motion it looks a hundred times worse than it was. Looks really like bad. when it's at full speed. It at full speed you almost didn't even notice it until Adams doubled over right yeah 
And in Green's defense, he said, I didn't even know anything had happened. I went out to you know, three-point line, I was high-fiving my teammates, and then I look back and I'm like, hey, why is this guy hurt? Yeah, and like I mean, Green is a he he toes the line, mm-hmm. and any time you toe the line, you're gonna go over it. But I've never felt he was dirty. Like I've always thought Bogut was a much dirtier player than than Green, for example. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just I don't think it was on purpose. That said, um, I could see them, you know, doing it. But I think Adam under Adam Silver, they've they've tried to avoid these sort of like theoretically series changing, although you could argue they've been better off without green last game. Seriously, it didn't, he didn't help much and he hurt probably a lot in game four. Yeah. So two points on this, I think. So the first thing is, yeah, you, you can't, you can't say it's intentional if you, if you're not sure, you know, a lot of these fouls, it's obvious. Like someone gets you know hit in the face or shoved, like when the players are staring right at each other, like it's more obvious it's intentional. And this one, I think they had to kind of err on the side of, it was an accident, but I do think the league needs to be very careful about these because they're happening a lot. And Ginobili was out for like a month and needed surgery That's earlier right. in the year because of this kind of thing. And that was a total accident. And I know uh, Ginobili didn't blame the other player, but like, it's, it's serious. Like not, not doesn't just hurt it, like in, like, in, again, in his case, he needed surgery and he was out for weeks. So they, they need to be careful about this kind of thing, but they don't need to overreact. Uh, so the, my second question to you, though, is so there's this whole rule about accumulating points when you have flagrants and technical fouls. I haven't been following this closely. This is a fairly new rule, I think. I don't know, maybe in the last handful of years, where you can be suspended if you've accumulated too many points. You know, you get like one point for a flagrant or flagrant two or something. Do you, do, have you followed this? And is Green at the point where he could be suspended if he just gets another flagrant or technical foul? Yeah, what, what they did is is they upgraded that from a flagrant run to a flagrant two. Right. Like that was kind of the NBA's compromise. Yeah. And a flagrant two counts as two points and a flagrant one counts as one point. And if you get to four points in the playoffs, you get suspended. Is it four points in a series or in the whole playoffs? No, in, in the whole playoffs. So he already has a flagrant one. Yeah. So if he commits another flagrant fall, foul, he will be suspended. So that was kind of their compromise. Like if you do anything again, like you're going to be out. Right. They all There's also a technical foul where if you get seven technical fouls in the playoffs, you also have to miss a game. Oh, so those are those Green's, point totals are separate then. They're separate, okay. yeah. That fits, and I think that's fair. And he, but I, and kind of getting back to what I said at the beginning, he needs to not worry about those points too much. Yep. Like obviously, he doesn't want to get a flagrant foul again. But like, if he gets another technical foul in Game Five because he's just fired up and is who he is, I think that's okay. I don't think he should shy away from that. I agree. And there was a lot of talk because he's at four technical fouls, I think. So three more and he misses a game. And I think there was a lot of talk about that at the beginning of the series. And you have to wonder, has that gotten in his head? Like, because, yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, he might be smaller than the guys, but like you haven't seen the heart. There was a play where the ball was bouncing around the sideline and Westbrook dived for the on the floor and got it. And Green was closer and Green you didn't see it. Hmm. And yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. He's in his own head uh, and it's 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 killing like he's he's been the worst player on the floor and not only would the words were they better off when he was not playing but i mean to win he ha- he has to be playing well so yeah he's a he's a huge x factor for sure yep everybody needs to bounce back a little in game five all right so you think it's over Game five, Oklahoma City. I I think it's one of the, it's like it's like the Spurs thing. Like I think the the likelihood is six, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna pick five just because I believe in this OKC team. Uh I, I've I've 
been behind him all year. I should have stuck to my guns and I could have bragging rights forever, but I but I didn't. Uh, so I, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I don't doubt it. Uh, I hope they can win game five because I think it'll make things fun. And again, it puts the pressure on game six. I mean, yep. I don't think, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier in the show, but I was thinking back when the Spurs lost. I keep, I pull, I, everything is a parallel to the Spurs series for me. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> la- last year, Spurs up three to two against the Clippers. They had a chance to win game six and they didn't. There's something about, even though you feel like you have some room in the series to win, but if you're only up three, two and you have to, you have to, that, that, that's game six is super important. You have to absolutely win that. So all Golden State need, needs to do is win game five. They just need well, to do, focus on against that. Against the, the finals against Miami that year. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, not to bring dreads on oh really goodness. bad memories. <laughs> yeah. There's so many series, I guess, that go that way, but it's just, that's how it goes. A home court advantage is, is a big deal. And once you reclaim that, um, you got to close it out. All right. Well, we'll see what happens next time. If this whole, if these series, they might be all done when we record again, or maybe there'll be a game seven still kind of lingering yeah, out might there. Be, might be an NBA preview. We'll see. Um, cool. All right. Well, uh, well we will, uh, we'll hopefully get this up before the, uh, the, the, the Cavs Raptors, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it, 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 it's great that there's suspense in both. It's crazy. There's more suspense in the East than the West right now. It feels like, mm-hmm. but the weight of history is so on the West that, yeah. you know, it, it, it's going to be an incredible game. The other thing is like, I mean, that, that gold state crowd is going to be tight. Oh my goodness. Like, like, and you have to wonder, like Oracle has a great, has a great, you know, sort of reputation, but I mean that that OKC crowd was at least from the TV looked pretty pretty fantastic. And mm-hmm. are they going to have it in them to really bring it? Is the the Golden State fans going to have it in them or Oklahoma City? Well, Which, I mean, all the Golden State fans, like all these, yeah. you know, now it's all these all these rich guys going. <laughs> I mean, they got to. Well, that also gets back to the whole kind of narrative under a lot of this is just uh, there, there's this feeling in Oakland and San Francisco, they're like, this is the team. Like this team is going to win three, four years in a row. And that is all falling apart right now. And, yep. you know, it kind of plays back into the overconfidence. You know, we talked earlier on the show. I, I really hate teams that show off a little too much and Curry, you know, after he was hurt, he comes back in the Portland game. He's like, I'm back. I'm back. You know, he had that amazing overtime. Well, he's not back. He's not back. Like, don't celebrate before you've actually won anything because they're they're in a seriously bad position right now. And it's, I don't know, it kind of gets back also to that whole Ed Catmull's like success hides problems kind of thing. Like, maybe they've had issues this whole time and they just haven't seen it because they've been so obsessed with 73 wins and so obsessed with how good they are. You know, that, that, yeah. And I mean, if you're, the other thing is like, if you had two, historic teams like OKC and the Spurs you almost by definition like there's a lot of weak teams in the league because I mean there's only a certain number of victories to go around <laughs> and you wonder like maybe like maybe there is parts of the league that weren't as, I mean the that weren't as strong as maybe it was in other years like I, I don't know I mean there's something to think about the the other thing is the I mean Portland like the Portland lit up let up Golden State pretty pretty well, and you were on this the whole time. Like Portland is playing better than the outcomes of these games look like, mm-hmm. and maybe that was the real warning sign. Like they they were having more trouble with Portland than they should have, befitting their status as a historically great team. Yeah, and once you know they 
played a better team, like the problem, because like, the, the problem for OKC is the defense. Or sorry for Golden State. Yeah, it's, it's defense and turnovers. They have all these live ball turnovers, and you give OKC. We forgot to talk about this. You give OKC the ball in transition. Game over. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. There was a play right right in the beginning of the game where where Westbrook picked Curry's pocket, passed it to Durant, and Durant like it went from the steal to Durant throwing down this fantastic dunk in like less than a second. Yeah, like it was. Unbelievable! And like as soon as that play happened, I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> like, th- like this may be game three all over again, and that's exactly what it ended up being. And and yeah, like they, they got, they've got, they've been sloppy for a while. Their D has been spotty for a while, and it's all coming home to roost right now. Yeah, it's all about like when you peak as a team too. Like the Blazers counted out the beginning of the year; they got better and better. And when it came time for the playoffs, they were playing great basketball. Oklahoma City, I would say, is the same way. They're playing the best basketball totally. of their of their year right now. And Golden State, that's not the case. They were playing their oh, best they, basketball they at the months ago. Yeah. Uh, so, who it's 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 exciting. I mean this this whole year has been really kind of historic and really fun to watch. Yeah. I didn't expect this is how it would end, but it's still fun. It is fun. It is fun, and yeah, well, I, I'm excited. To, I'm excited to watch the games. Yeah, the other thing with OKC is, I mean, they. It seems clear now they're doing a lot of experimenting. They had a new coach. They're figuring stuff out the whole year, and so they're peaking from that perspective. But also, again, going back to the experience thing, this is a team that has again four out of six Western Conference Finals. Like yeah. they know how to peak at the right time. Yeah, like in a way that maybe the Warriors who did it once, but then this year they were so obsessed with seventy three, like. The, the, like it, it sounds odd just because you think of the Warriors defending champions, you know, Thunder never won, but the Thunder have been there so many times. Right. And that's the way that usually works in the NBA. Like the Warriors were the exception last year. Usually you kind of earn your spurs and you get to the finals and then you finally break through. And, and there's a reason for that because winning in the playoffs is different than winning the regular season. You have to learn how to do it. Yeah. And I mean, I talked before about the spurs kind of resting players at the end of the season. Well, which other team did that? Oklahoma City. Like they once things were locked in in the standings, they were fine resting players at the end. They didn't care about how many wins they had and they're just in a really good position right now. No, well, it's 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 true. And I I kind of want to like push back against that cuz I'm glad going to say went for it, but I mean there's a lot of narratives here that like well the very first episode you asked me like who's better? The Bulls 95-96 or Golden State. And I was like, I, I was caught off guard. I didn't know what to say. You asked me that question now, and I think it's clear. Yeah. You, know, I mean, you don't know? Well, I mean, I think the NBA was weaker then. There weren't, there, I don't think it was as good. Okay. But that said, I mean, that, that Sonics team with Peyton and, 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 and Kemp, like, that was a, that was a pretty darn good one two punch. Uh, and, you know, those Knicks teams, uh, Pacers, um, yeah, I mean, but no, there's no real ground for me to say otherwise if Golden State loses. Like, because at the end of the day, like, you either win a championship or you don't. And the Bulls did, and the Warriors didn't. And it's, for all intents and purposes, an open shut case. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Yeah. It's hard to compare them exactly, but we're going to anyway. And just that's just kind of human nature. Yep. It doesn't take away, I mean, the Warriors had a great year. And I'm also I, I don't want to totally write them off yet. This series is not over. Right. We're kind of, we're kind of we're kind of like at you know at their funeral right now. Yeah. So yeah. We, we should we should we should, we should be careful here. It, it, you never know. 
If, like I said earlier, like if there's any team that could come back, I, I do think they have the potential to do it. They need to change some things. They need to play better. We'll see. We will see. We will see. All right. We actually went long because, and, and it speaks to, despite there's a fact only two games, particularly like this OKC Golden State thing. Like I could talk about this series for another hour. I mean, it's right. <laughs> um, it, it, again, we did it. Despite I said at the beginning, we haven't talked enough about OKC. Like, they're they're a great team. They're playing well. Every single player on that team is playing well. And maybe they'll revert to the mean, but right now they look they look pretty awesome. Yep. All right. Well, it's good talking to you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. And we'll see how this ends up leading up to the finals next week. We will. Talk to you later, Manton. Bye.